It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to part two of our two-part series on foster care. For more information on the show, for more information on the topic of foster care, or more resources on foster care, you can reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, like, follow, and share there. On Twitter and Instagram, follow us at Rodney Lear on air. And remember, you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app, anywhere you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Coming up this morning in part two of our two-part series on foster care, we talk to local youth who grew up in the foster care system. They share their personal account of being placed in multiple homes and their journey to be emancipated from the foster care system. Plus, we'll introduce you to local programs that are working to advocate on behalf of young people who have aged out of the foster care system. We begin part two of the series with Tracy Cook. Tracy is executive director of ProKids. It's our pleasure to welcome Tracy Cook back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, Mr. Lear. Thank you so much for having me. So remind our listeners, tell us what ProKids is, and more especially, I think we hear the word CASA a lot. Explain to us what you guys do at ProKids and the CASA component. Absolutely. So ProKids is a community nonprofit. Our vision is a safe, permanent, and nurturing home for every child. Um, and the way we go about achieving this vision is mobilizing our community, people just like you and me, to speak up for our kids and help guide them to safe environments where they actually have an opportunity to thrive. And as you mentioned, CASA is core to what we do. CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. It's the name of our volunteers. Um, Our volunteers come from all walks of life. We have about 300, and they actually work directly with our children to understand their needs and then work closely with our staff to advocate for our kids. Okay, so break that down for us. When you talk about advocating for our kids, what exactly are you guys doing at ProKids, and what are exactly are the CASAs doing as well? Absolutely. So most people know that there are kids in foster care and that there are abused and neglected children in our community, but they have no idea how kids get into the child protection system or what happens once they're there. Most people think uh, kids are just on this path to permanency, that they don't stay in the system very long and they must just move on to their forever home. Well, the reality is the government can't come in and simply remove people's children. And so there's a court involved. And in our community, that's Hamilton County Juvenile Court. And they oversee all the children in foster care, and they actually give the county permission to remove children. And so our role at ProKids is to be best interest advocates. Once kids are in the system, we need to advocate from everything uh, about placement, services. Um, So the first thing we want to do is make sure they're safe, that they're stable. But then we are looking for those interventions and services to help them heal. And what the kids are healing from is trauma. But it's not just the trauma of being abused and neglected. It's also the trauma of being taken from the only family they've ever known and placed with strangers, no matter how well-intentioned. So our goal, again, is to get them safe, stable, get them access to services to help them heal. But ultimately, we're working to get them out of the system to their forever family. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're focusing on foster care. For more information on the show, you can like, follow, and share on Facebook 
Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. In the studio with me this morning is Tracy Cook. She is executive director of Pro Kids. Now, tell us about, as you see it on your end, as far as when you work with children, what are some of the barriers you encounter as you work to get the best for these young people, these children that are in the foster care system? That's a really good question because there are lots of barriers. It's not an easy path. If there were, we wouldn't need community members to step up and volunteer Mm -hmm. uh, as the voice for children. So there are a multitude of barriers. The first is, um, you know, if a child can be placed when they're removed from their parents with family members, that's always best. But the county doesn't always have time at the outset to look for the variety of relatives or family friends who are available. So that's one barrier. If a child can go to a home they already know, that's a win just to begin with. Um, Other barriers are in terms of, you know, what do we really understand about a child's background? So a case might come in because of, um, let's say, neglect. But later, once a trusting relationship is established, the child might reveal other issues such as abuse, um, et cetera. And so those are some barriers because we need to know what the child's facing before we can help them have access to services that they need. And kids don't always tell you what's going on. They show you through their behavior. So how do you kind of uh, peel the layers of the onion to understand what's going on with this child? What kind of trauma are they experiencing? And what are the best interventions possible? Um, And then just imagine the uncertainty, right, of a child in foster care not knowing what, you know, the next day, week, month, year looks like, let alone who are they ultimately going to live with. I think we would all acknowledge that fearful and anxious is no way to go through childhood, And so those are some of the barriers. We're also fighting for educational interventions. Um, A lot of our kids um, ultimately are um, assessed and identified as eligible for special education services. And so we need to make sure that our kids have access to everything they need. So you have contact with all key players in foster care, the birth parents, the foster parents, the foster child, the court system. Um, What is that dynamic like? Because I'm sure it's a balancing act of emotions, information, but I'm sure it gives you the entire picture. Is is that how it goes? Absolutely. I mean, you described it very well. Um, You you get uh, to see the entire lay of the land. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about a child who's not in the foster care system and they have, you know, one or two parents making all the decisions for them. Those parents are interacting with all these systems, education, health, et cetera, uh, that their child might need. Well, when a child enters the child protection system, all of a sudden it comes all split apart. They are physically placed with a foster care family, but they are in the legal custody of the county. Um, They have, you know, the court who's, who's making the decisions ultimately about their placement, their services, and ultimately who will raise them. So it's a very artificial environment to be in and what the CASAs do along with the support of our staff that's so critically important is how do you navigate those systems and make all of them work on behalf of the best interests of this child? And so you're right. CASAs are talking to foster care parents, biological family, therapists, teachers. You know, that's a critical part of their ongoing investigation to inform the recommendations they're going to be making to the court. 
Taking into consideration what you guys do at ProKids, what advice would you give to both birth families and foster families? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, let's acknowledge how hard this is. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, it's hard for the children, Mm -hmm. but it is hard for others too. I mean, think of, you know, yes, a child is, you know, leaving a family where things were not ideal, but that's also the only home they've ever known, the only family they've ever known. So it is heartbreaking. You know, removing a child and placing them in foster care is a trauma in and of itself to help address previous trauma that's already occurred. So that's hard. For the biological parents, for them to have their children removed, it's devastating for most parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have foster care parents who are opening their hearts and their homes to our kids, and they don't know much about the child's background. So how do they help that child succeed and and feel welcome and included in the family? Um, that's difficult. And then foster care parents... You know, it's meant to be temporary. So they are at the same time um, needing to let those children go as they move on to their permanency, whatever path that is. So this is a very challenging environment for everyone. But we always like to keep the child first and foremost in our mind. Um, The other thing is just I would point out, Rodney, is the child's sense of time. For you and me as adults, um, a year might seem like nothing. It flies by. But for children, you know, time goes slower. And you think of, let's say, a two-year-old in particular, a year waiting, that's half their lives. So we try and keep the child's sense of time in front of us. Okay, good. Um, What do you think it means to the young people that you serve to have the services of a program like ProKids and the CASAs that are working on their behalf? What does it mean to these young people? And do you ever hear back from some of these young people? Absolutely. So the first thing it means is I will start out with our our data, our outcome measures. Um, Abuse and neglect stop for 99% of the kids. That's actually a rate we've maintained now for over 20 years. So if anyone ever says to you, uh, I doubt the power of a volunteer, I doubt the power of a community member, we ask people to hold this up as an example. But the day-to-day, first of all, many of our kids, and especially the younger ones, have no idea that our CASAs are volunteers. And so sometimes when they find out, they are so stunned and touched because they do sometimes in the child protection system feel like the only people that are there for them are those that are paid to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's very powerful. And you can imagine the connections are very, very strong. Um, you know, we do have older youth who contact us. We have a young man who's um, out in Colorado working for a university after attaining his Ph.D. who keeps in touch. Um, our goal always is for kids to leave with family whenever possible. We don't want kids to age out of the foster care system. So we actually say, Rodney, the ultimate reward is to be forgotten. If we can get our children in a place where their needs are so fully met that they don't really think or dwell about their time in the child protection system, then we've done our job. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're focusing on foster care in the studio with me is Tracy Cook. She's executive director of ProKids. Now, let's talk about volunteers because I know you need people to step up and to volunteer to be CASAs. What kind of person makes the best CASA and what are you looking for in your volunteers? Absolutely. So first of all, we very much need volunteers. Um, We have about 300 right now and need many, many, many more. 
Um, some people are a little concerned. They think, I don't know anything about the child protection system. What do I need to know? Do I need to be a social worker? Do I need to be a lawyer? The answer is no. Um, our CASAs come from all different walks of life. Um, we provide pre-service training um, that really takes you from you don't have to know anything about this area at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news is uh, that training is flexible. The classes repeat day and time. Um, we are offering them online, so it's really easy for people to pop in uh, and complete their classes. Once they've completed their classes and extensive background checks, as you can imagine, we got to be very careful who we're putting together with our kids, um, they then would be assigned to a CASA manager or a staff member who supports you every step of the way. Um, most people are stunned to find out you can be highly effective in this role in about 10 hours a month. Um, it's very, very flexible. And so we need community members, even if you're just the tiniest bit curious, um, to go to ProKids.org. If you click on the volunteer button, you can find out about our informational sessions called a snapshot. They're about an hour. You can find out more about us. And we appreciate even people who decide they don't want to go further or just don't have uh, the time or capacity to do it. Please just find out more about kids in foster care. They are hidden to most people in the community. And even if you can't do the role, I bet people know others in their lives who maybe could step forward. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to part two of our two-part series on foster care. For more information on foster care, reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, like, follow, and share there, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. In the studio with me now, we're joined by Tracy Cook. She is executive director of ProKids. Now, let me ask you this. Now, this is the reality for a lot of children in the foster care system. They're bounced from home to home. Let's talk about the effect that has on children, if you will. Help us to understand what that looks like and what that does to children. It's a really good question to zero in on because I think, again, most people think if a child enters the child protection system, they are safe and secure and they ride off into the sunset Mm -hmm. uh, with permanency. And the reality is the system is very, very strange. So first of all, most people don't know that a good portion of kids who are removed from families in Hamilton County are not placed in foster care in Hamilton County. They might be placed all over the state of Ohio. And once you've got that kind of distance involved, you can imagine coming back for visits or trying to access services here with family, let's say, very challenging and difficult. So we don't have enough foster care families, which also means kids are not only spread out across the state of Ohio, but they are often separated from siblings because there's not enough capacity in one foster care placement. The other thing, as I mentioned before, are kids being traumatized. And kids don't always tell you. They show you with their behavior. Sometimes, you know, foster care parents will ask for children to be removed from their home based on their behavior. And so there can be a kind of logic that our kids start to use if they start to bounce, which is, I'm not going to invest in you until I know you're invested in me. Mm -hmm. How can I tell that? By challenging you. Um, I'll never forget the child who spray painted on the side of the family's garage about within 30 minutes of arriving there. That was his test to see were they going to put in their notice and ask him to move on. And so we work really hard to stabilize children because when you ask about the effects When a child is um, unstable, they're insecure, they're anxious. When they are changing school placements because of changes in in, um, their housing, kids typically can lose up to 
uh, three months of academic progress just by changing schools, different curriculums, getting used to things. So in every area of their life, it has a a detrimental effect. So we work very hard to keep our kids stable. All right. And with that, we're out of time this morning. If our listeners would like to find out more about ProKids and what you guys do there, they would like to volunteer. How can they find out? How can they reach out? How can they find out more? So first of all, we just invite anyone who's curious at all to know more about our children so they don't stay hidden to go to ProKids.org. Um, you can sign up for an informational session called a snapshot. You can invite your family members, your neighbors, your friends to also do the same. We need this community to lean forward even more uh, to serve our community's most vulnerable children, those abused and neglected kids who do not have a path toward their forever home that every child deserves. So please go to ProKids.org or call 281-2000. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for all you're doing. Thank you, and thank you for helping us spread the word. We've been speaking to Tracy Cook, Executive Director of ProKids. Again, it's part two of our two-part series on foster care. For more information on foster care or a resource guide, you can reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air.